what we can be sure of is that bullies do feel small, they feel powerless, mm-hmm. and they have learned in some way how to get that power. Right. right, 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 right. Tell me about your kids. Tell me about your kids is a conversation on connected parenting. Bonnie Harris talks to parents about their problems and struggles. Listen in. These conversations can be your support system in your day-to-day parenting journey. Welcome back to Tell Me About Your Kids. I'm Bonnie Harris, and today you're going to just listen to me and Adam, and we're going to riff on bullying. But let's get to what would be, in my opinion, because Mm. that's what this podcast is about, right? My opinion. You are the god of this podcast universe. Um, How I think bullying could best be resolved. So a couple of episodes ago, we we got into, maybe for the first time on the podcast, in, in, into an issue about bullying. Mm-hmm. We had a mom of a, of a two-year-old on who, very, very quiet, might be called submissive two-year-old, who kind of seemed to attract kids pushing and doing things to her, and, and she just kind of... Um, took it and the mom without fighting back and the mom was is a little bit worried that she might be a target for bullies so that's one aspect of the situation um and but i think it's important to understand that while it's true that bullies find typically a weaker subject than themselves to act out their aggressions on Quiet and passive does not mean weak. Self-confidence has to do with whether someone is going to be a target for bullies or not. You know, I think if, if you don't have self-confidence and then you're always looking at how do I protect myself and how do I, I don't know if I can do that and I'm afraid and that kind of aura comes from someone, that's somebody who's going to be likely more of a target for bullies. Uh, it's odd that I'm starting out with the the targeted person, but why not? Um, and so again, all the more reason to use connective parenting approaches because we want our children to be raised with self-confidence. So no matter what's going on with them. I don't care whether they have cerebral palsy or um, Down syndrome or what's going on with them neurologically, they can still have self-confidence. And I always think of Forrest Gump mm. when, you know? <laughs> yeah. There was, there was a man with lots and lots and lots of limitations, but boy, he had self-confidence. When you're talking about people who who are being bullied mm-hmm. and people who are bullying right uh, the majority of the time the the one who's doing the bullying is insecure and is lacking self-confidence definitely deep down definitely but we're also talking about the one who is getting bullied right. and them boosting their right. self-confidence as well right yeah. so it's 
self-confidence is the is the name of the game. Um, Which is a direct connection, like you're saying, to, it's a direct connection to being connected. It's a right. lot of connections right there <laughs> right. to your child because that idea of self-confidence comes from them, I think, really people having a support system and exactly. knowing that someone has their back exactly. and that no matter what, they have someone they can talk to and who will help them problem solve. Right. Exactly. And they grow up knowing that they don't know anything other than that. Not that that can't be um, brought into the picture, into the family, into the dynamic at a later stage. It certainly can. Um, so, yeah, self-confidence on both ends. And I believe... I don't know whether I'm going to get flack on this or not, but I believe that bullies are made at home. Mm. And that's something that we never pay attention to in bullying programs. We don't, we don't put our focus on the child's home life and what methods of parenting they're being raised by. Mm. And I... Uh, I can't, I will not believe that bullies are born. I do not think anyone has that in them when they're born, but that they develop in order to protect themselves, like you were saying. You know, they 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 feel very insecure. Mm. And where does that come from? Looking looking for power. When you feel small, when you feel, you know, small emotionally and you're you're just grasping for power anywhere. I mean, that's that's what humans do. Well, I mean, yes, but certain humans grasp for it a lot more than other humans. Yeah, right? well, yes, and I, I that and that wasn't excusing. I wasn't meaning to sound like that's excusing it. Well, that's just what humans do. I mean, it seems that that's that becomes a lot of times our default when we are made to feel small. Right, we want to make other people feel small. So all of a sudden, it's like you're just trying to climb that ladder exactly. and feeling like there's someone lower than you. So, I mean, that's a that that's a whole bigger conversation, but feels very relevant to bullying itself. It's like... It is. You're just trying to feel better. You're just trying to feel better. So you're why, Adam, is the child feeling small in the first place? De I mean, it would seem to be that someone is... is Treating the child that way is, yes. which is what you're saying. Right. Which I, I totally agree with. Right. Um, it's just, seemed, I guess it was more like, why is that our default? That's more my question. Yeah. Was why is that our default to constantly feel as if the way to make ourselves feel better is to make someone else feel worse? Yes, exactly. And that's what we do as parents, too. Right. In order to feel right. better as parents, we make our children feel worse. Mm-hmm. By punishing and shaming and criticizing and judging and focusing on what they're doing wrong rather than what they're doing right or rather than just not anything at all. But we love to just tell our kids what they're doing wrong. That's the formula for making someone feel small, right? Mm. Now, I am not at all saying that all children who are subject to punishments and shame at home become bullies. You know, there are all kinds of variables that go into it, a certain temperament combined with punishments and all of that. I think I don't want to say this is true, but 
I would imagine that an integrity kid who we've talked about on this podcast a lot, a child who is born with extreme sensitivities and um, needing a very, very nurturing understanding environment in which to flourish and grow, but also a child who tends to act out and fight and resist when they feel punished or when they feel reprimanded, that that child in the, in the situation where parents don't understand where they're coming from, they, the parents see this child as resistant and defiant and obstinate and all of that and punish in order to get them to change their behavior because that's what they've been taught mm. as parents, that that's what you do to change behavior, which, you know, spoiler alert, does not work. Um, but that's where our culture lives in that mindset. So that combination is possibly a bully maker. I don't know. There's so many different things that go into it, but I think what we can be sure of is that bullies do feel small. They feel powerless. Mm -hmm. And they have learned in some way how to get that power. Right. And they go after it and after it. Were you ever bullied, Adam? Did you bully? <laughs> no, I I I would not I would not say that I was a bullier. I I hated bullies. My experience was the classic like 80s bully <laughs> who was, you know, um the kid who just like terrorized everybody yeah. on the playground. Yeah. Like we, I we had some of those uh -huh. in my life. Later on, I felt like I ended up becoming friends with a lot of those oh. people, like befriending them. I think when I understood them a little oh, bit more. But it was not not in my like high school days, or mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but more like in my my middle or elementary school days. I would mm -hmm. say there was definitely more of that. Like I I think I was just kind of an easy target. I was sensitive for sure. I don't think I was physically um, imposing to anyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. I, yeah, I definitely caught some of that. Um, but I mean, I saw people get it a lot worse than I did. Yeah. So. I think what you want to be aware of as parents is that no temperament goes into either making a bully or making a target for a bully. Mm. It because parents get so worried when they see, also when they see their kids fighting with each other mm. and bullying each other in the family. I mean, that, of course, needs to be worked on and helped. Bullying between siblings really has to do with deep resentment. But Yes. But that doesn't mean that that child is going to be a bully outside the right. family. So we've got to be very careful not to step into that fear of, oh, does that mean my kid's going to be a bully? Or does that mean my kid's going to be targeted by a bully? Well, all relationships have a point. Mm. All relationships, they function as a, as a unique way 
of communicating with another human. And there's things that you want out of those relationships. So if my daughter ends up being a bully to my younger son, it's because that's what she feels needs to happen in that specific relationship. And like you said, she holds on to resentments Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. She's not going to need to have that same feeling with a with a friend at school mm-hmm. because they don't have that same relationship. She doesn't mm-hmm. have the baggage that she does with her brother. Do you know what right. I mean? Like exactly. so I so I think exactly. that we react to different people. Like yeah, like why do some bullies bully certain kids and not others? And not others. Exactly. Even even if they perceive themselves to be stronger than everybody else right. or they just want right. the feeling. Why do they like, pick the why ones do they, they pick do. certain yeah. ones and that sort of leads back in a little bit to Don, who which which was I guess at this point a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. but was not only just saying that her kid was um, getting bullied by other kids, is that she was she was a magnet. It's right. like she was just it, if there was ever a kid who was going to get it, it's always going to be her daughter. Right. Her that, daughter's that's like, her fear. That That's was her, the fear that, she right. that was that was her fear too. Right. Um, and it's true. We fear that our kids are going to be susceptible to being bullied if we don't teach them to stand up for themselves. But like, what what does that even mean? Yeah. What does standing up right. for yourself right. even mean? Right. Um, I feel like, and that's changed a lot generationally. It's like, stand up for yourself means you you punch you that punch bully. Back. Yeah, you punch exactly. back as opposed to being able to find a way to you know rise above it or not engage exactly. or just letting Step it roll of it. off of your. Back, yeah, yeah. Say just that thing that defuses the bully and, you right. know, you just kind of slip out of it because you know how to do that. You have right. the confidence to do that. Tools. Giving yeah. kids tools to be able to deal with it. Because inevitably there, there will be bullies because people are looking for that. They're fiending for that, for that feeling of power because they're just not getting it anywhere right. else. And that's... Full circle is back to what you said about a bully. A lot of times starts at home. I think right. that's very true. Yeah, I really think that happens. Now, here's here's my wish for the world and how to solve these problems. And we'll talk about it with bullying, but it it's for anything else. It is being used, but very... Uh, in not very many circles, but it's called restorative justice. Mm. And what that would mean with, for instance, in a school with a bullying situation, it would mean somebody who is trained in working on restorative justice to get the bully and the bullied together with friends, with observers, Mm. and in a big circle. The bullied mm-hmm. would be the one to start out by talking about how she or he actually felt in the situation or many, many situations probably and what was going on in their minds. The point of restorative justice is to get to a point where the perpetrator, in this case the bully, is going to make amends. Mm. And... So then we would talk to the bully and find out what the bully's point of view is. We would hear from all the people who know the two, who observe what goes on. And so it's about emotions, expressing emotions, how this feels, how that feels. 
Now everybody's going to think, yeah, the bully's just going to sit there and deflect, deflect, deflect. Well, then everybody would talk about, you know, when you do that, then that makes me think you don't want to have anything to do with it. You know, however, everybody's feeling about it. Mm -hmm. And then there is an agreement between the bully and the bullied of what's going to happen. But nobody is punished. Nobody is, everybody has their, their time on the stage where they say their point of view, what they want with a facilitator who is leading the process. What is it you want? You know, and that's where we want to go with our children too, when we're trying to problem solve, what is it you want? And to ask the bully, what is it you want? And with a trained facilitator, it might be a really wonderful therapeutic experience. And then it is going to be the only way that bullying situation is going to end. I think we're always going to have bullies. But how we deal with it is critical. It's a more holistic approach, mm -hmm. I think, to... And to the problem instead yeah. of having a bully just get in trouble, like you said, is right. just like kind of putting a Band-Aid on a problem it, well, that is it's, bigger than a Band-Aid. It's so making the problem worse. It is making a problem yeah. worse. So you get to the point, why is this happening? What do you need? What do you need what from you this need? relationship? Right. What What are you right. looking for? Right. And and then finding that other ways is is the goal. Why do you think we – why don't we do that more? Boy. Like why, why – what's – is it time? Why don't we? Is it is it putting in the time or I think is it? So. I mean, why it just doesn't make any sense why we wouldn't do that Every, about everything about everything. Yeah, having conversations so that everybody understands each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine imagine a kid stealing something from a store and being caught. Right, and of course he's going to be, you know, given some kind of. Uh, punitive if it's if he's old enough he's gonna go to jail for christ's sake but what imagine if that kid had to sit in a circle with the store owner and listen to the store owner tell him about what's going on with with his inventory to show him his books to show him what it means when he loses some inventory right much more powerful than having your hand slapped or or worse and never having any communication with the store owner but you got to get everybody together you got to get everybody in some kind of an agreement that we're going to sit in this circle and we're going to do this but if that was the way we did things be great it would be great hey here's hoping to a, a better future where more people do that yeah okay alright well I think we fixed everything I think so too yeah I I would never bully you. <laughs> I know you wouldn't, Adam. <laughs> Till next time. Till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'm Bonnie Harris. 
If you're curious to learn more or would like to talk to me personally, check out my website, bonnieharris.com, where you can also find my books, When Your Kids Push Your Buttons and Confident Parents' Remarkable Kids. There are also links in the liner notes. And please subscribe to Tell Me About Your Kids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell Me About Your Kids is produced and scored by Echo Finch. Thank you.